Hello guys, Jonathan here from Arcade Repair Tips. We would just like to take a moment and thank you for listening to the audio replay of the live show here on the podcast feed. We'd also like to remind you to join our live show on the first Thursday night of every month at 5.30 p.m. Central Time. It's always a great time and we enjoy interacting with people just like you in our live chat. So be sure to make plans to be there for the next one. Remember also that we have an after show that takes place immediately after the live show. And if you'd like to listen to the audio from that, you will need to check it out on our YouTube page, which can be found at youtube.arcaderepairtips.com. So let us continue on with a short word from our sponsor, and then we'll get to the episode. Broadcasting from their world headquarters in Texas, it's the Arcade Repair Tips Live Show. The show that discusses arcade repair, restoration, news, and more. Now, here are your hosts, Tim and Jonathan. Well, hello everyone and welcome to episode 81 of the Arcade Repair Tips Live Show for November 2023. My name is Jonathan Leung. I'm the producer, director, and editor here at the Arcade Repair Tips video series. And joining me today here in person, as always, is Mr. Arcade Repair Tips himself, Tim Pearson. Tim, how you doing? I'm good, John. Uh, kind of a rainy, nasty day outside, but uh, I'm glad we're inside and working today. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. Well, we're so glad you guys could join us for some Texas Rangers post-game talk. Oh, I mean arcade repair <laughs> tips. Sorry. Uh, in case you guys didn't know, the uh, Texas Rangers won the World Series about, what, a week ago today? Actually, yeah. it was a week ago yesterday. And I've been over the moon about it, and so has Tim. Mm-hmm. So uh, we've got our stuff on tonight, kind of celebrating the win. Just had a really awesome... Last month, Tim, I would say it was it was really fun. Uh, you know, we've had our chances. We've been we were one strike away uh, twice back in 2011, and uh, baseball, as it likes to do to Ranger fans a lot, it just broke our hearts. And but here we are, Tim. We're at the top of the mountain. Very happy about it. Uh, yeah. I uh, literally like when it happened. I broke down, just kind of laid on the floor for about a full minute and cried and, and laughed and everything. What about you, Tim? How was your reaction? You know, it was. I, I I think I was shocked more than anything. It's like I really like. Is it really true? Is this the last game? And then uh, uh, maybe even a little bit of a letdown. You get like they won. Oh, we don't get to see a game tomorrow night. <laughs> and we didn't get to go. So, so we had tickets yeah. to Game Six of the World Series. Me, Tim, and another friend of mine. We were going to go had they not clinched uh, last Wednesday. So uh, it was kind of disappointing in the fact that we didn't get to see it. But at the same time, it happened, and we're happy. So I'm um, yeah. so glad that that happened. But uh, we will actually be talking about arcade repair chips tonight. Don't worry. Uh, we will save all of more Ranger talk for the after show, which happens directly after this show. So if you guys want to tune in for some of that, we'll talk a little bit more about that. Uh, but I got to go, just real quick, Tim, I did get to go to um, Game 3 of the ALDS, which was against um, the Rays. I got to go uh-huh. to, um, excuse me, against Baltimore. Right. And I got to go to Game 5 of the ALCS, which was the one against the Astros. And so I had a really good time at both those games, even though uh, one we won and one we lost. Still had a uh-huh. good time. And, yeah, we were really looking forward to going to a World Series game. just didn't happen. It but, is what it is. Yeah, but we were pretty happy, right? Absolutely. So, I think, like I said, it was just a shock, and then it was just like, wow, we're, we really did. We finally did it. Yeah, yeah. so Yeah, so, I mean, obviously, exciting. we're not Houston Astros fans, right? right? I mean, we'd be, you know, uh, because of all the things. I've been a Texas Rangers fan for a long time, and obviously, our world headquarters is in Texas, Tim. Right. So, uh, mm-hmm. we, we just, uh, we're very excited about that, and we're so glad to celebrate a victory, and we're also glad that you guys are here with us to talk about some arcade repairs. So, we'll get started in that, but I do want to remind 
remind everyone that if you'd like to interact with us during the show, you may do that in the live chat. And Tim, we already have people in there. We got Delusionals Arcade says hi. Mr. Dwayne is here. Tim Jumping General is here. YouTube Punk is here. Uh, Big D Retro is here. Uh, let's see. Robbie J says congrats. So right. thank you, Robbie J. And then uh, YouTube Punk says, yeah, South Texas is rainy uh, rainy and chilly. Makes me want to hibernate, Tim. Yeah. So there you go. Yeah, unfortunately, <clears throat> uh, yeah, we're kind of rainy today. And it's been nice. Yeah. So, I mean, this is kind of the first day where we've had some rain. And I was seeing on the news, Tim, I think they said that uh, by this time, we typically have at least an inch. And we hadn't had any all month, which, I mean, it's only been a week, but still. Yeah. So it is nice to get some rain. Unfortunately, it does make the weather... It does make us a little bit maybe sleepier and ch and uh, <laughs> than what we'd normally be, but it is what it is. So, but we have a lot of questions to get to tonight. But we like it, like we said earlier, if you guys want to interact with us, feel free to leave those questions in. Uh, Tim, we already answered some from uh, Nate up above. I actually answered those in the live chat, Nate. So you may want to check those out. And then Jumping General is also here. He says, "Hey guys, it's almost 2024, and the Arcade Repair Tips channel is still going strong. You guys are awesome. Thank you, Jumping General. <laughs> we appreciate that, and we're so glad that you're here with us tonight." Uh, Tim, literally, I feel like the impossible is now possible, and right. the hell has frozen over. Tim. I literally <laughs> feel like that. Like uh, over the last week, I still can't believe that all this is real. So, um, if it's possible for the Rangers to make a World Series, Tim, anything is possible. If for, to win, I should say, to win the World Series, anything is possible for sure. So, uh, I am now firmly in the camp of anything being possible. <laughs> so, but uh, guys, I think we are caught up on all of the live chat stuff for this evening. So I'm going to go ahead and move into first an update from Chris. Now, Tim. We had an email from Chris about his Miss Pac-Man, and mm -hmm. I think we actually diagnosed it as more of a board issue, but it could have been power supply. I think we were leaning kind of either way on that. And so let me go ahead and put up uh, Chris's update here for everyone to see. He says, thank you for going over my question on the show. I fixed the issue with my Miss Pac-Man by installing a new switching power supply. I have around 20 games that I have collected over the years. This repair has given me the confidence to now repair six other games that I had down. This was the first time in my life I have written into someone for help. It was also it was nice to hear my problem discussed by two experts. Now, Tim, I I think he's using that term very loosely. Yeah, I don't I don't know who else he talked to, but I'm glad that he emailed us. <laughs> there you go. I may write again for help in the future, and we'll look at joining the community. I also appreciate both of you offering to help others in their time of need outside of just arcade repair. God bless you both. Sincerely, Chris. So there you go, Tim. It's always good to get updates from people. I love getting the updates back that you guys actually did fix your games or that whatever we whatever we told you to do worked. And so in Chris's case, Tim, nice. Switching power supply install in there, and he's back up and running. Yeah, so. and he started, and it motivated him to to do more stuff. Always like that. Uh, fixing games kind of motivates me to do all kinds of stuff. There's a lot of stuff that I never would have dreamed, like a washer or a dryer, or garage door opener, or you know the there's stuff that I fix because I wasn't afraid to try it because of my knowledge in repairing arcade games. It kind of spills over into other things. So we're happy to hear that not only did you get that game fixed, it got several games fixed. Absolutely. So, and if you do need additional help in the future, please contact us. Easiest way to do that, guys, as a reminder to everybody, questions at arcaderepairtips.com. Send those questions in there, and we will get to them when we can. So uh, great to hear from Chris. Thanks again for writing in about your issue, and we're glad that you got it all solved. So, And with that in mind, Tim, let's go ahead and let's move in to solving some other questions tonight okay. as best we can. And the first one we have here is from Jim. So let me put Jim's up here, Tim. Hello, I moved my Buck Hunter 2006 Call of the Wild game this weekend. When I plugged it back in, the screen came up like this. And Tim, as you can see, he actually sent us a picture, which Good. we always appreciate the pictures. Thank you so much for that, Jim. Do you have any ideas? If it's a part that is bad, can I buy it from you? 
thanks, Jim. So, Tim, before I before we get to the meat of Jim's question, that second part I can answer. Unfortunately, we do not sell parts here. So if you need a part, uh, we have a lot of parts suppliers on our resources page at arcaderepairtips.com slash resources. If you will go there, then you'll have a list of parts suppliers. Um, but there are several that we recommend. Of course, we uh, we love hauling computers a lot. Uh, RetroArcade.us is also their website. We also like uh, Arcade Parts and Repair. Uh, Tim, there's so many that I, if I sit here and list them all, I'm going to forget some. Twisted Quarter is obviously one, Tim, that mm. we like a lot. So uh, there's so many on the resources page. We just highly recommend you check that out. Again, uh Type it in your web browser, arcaderepairtips.com slash resources, and you will get that full list. Now, Tim, let's talk about his actual issue. Now, I'm going to put it back up here so people can see. Uh, Tim, his screen is looking pretty wacky. Yeah. So what do you think is going on with Jim's screen here that uh, that happened whenever he moved this game? Tim, we all know the dangers of moving games. Right. right. And it just moved it a little bit, didn't he say? And so, you know, this often happens. Um, basically, his game is out of sync. In other words, the monitor is not lined up like it was. And it's usually an easy fix. Sometimes you can just um, adjust it back out. Sometimes you have to touch up the solder solder joints, which really, in this case, the fact that he moved it, I'm sure his pots didn't turn much, but it probably is a cold solder joint, so he needs to make sure and touch up those soldering areas in the sink area. Uh, other than that, um, it, it's probably an easy fix. Just readjusting maybe the horizontal hold or the vertical hold. We have videos on how to deal with sync issues uh, that he might want to look into. Yeah, we have a video on adjusting an arcade monitor, which would definitely be the first place to start, I feel like. Because, I mean, Tim, like you said, although the pots may not have moved much, it doesn't take much not for much those things all. to get yeah. out of alignment. And so definitely want to check with our video on adjusting an arcade monitor first before moving on. But Outside of that, Tim, I did put some other things on the outline, and so it does look like it's out of sync, like Tim mentioned. Start off by checking the sync wire that runs from your game board to the monitor to make sure it's making a good connection. If the wire itself is connected properly, you may need to touch up the solder on the sync pin on the monitor chassis, as it may be cold, cracked, and or broken. So, Tim, there is a sync wire right. in the video section of the harness, typically, that runs from the game board to the monitor and most often we've seen this kind of problem it's either because like tim mentioned it's either because it came out of adjustment or it's because that sync wire is not making a good connection so let's try to adjust the monitor let's try to get the sync or let's try just the pots like hold and sync pots on your monitor then let's also try to make sure that that sync wire is connected properly to the monitor chassis now, if you continue to have sync issues after this, you might want to touch up any other solder joints that look suspect on the monitor chassis. So if you're going to pull the monitor chassis out, go ahead and look for any other cold, cracked, and or broken solder joints. Make sure that all of those have been touched up. We would also recommend doing a cap kit if you have the monitor out anyway. This is always just a good rule of thumb because, you know, Tim... Bad caps can cause all sorts of issues, and if I'm going to pull my monitor chassis out, and it's might been well you know, it yeah, you it's been a it while. Out. Exactly, might as well do it while we have it out. So, if you need additional help, though, if you will get back to us with a picture of the back of your monitor, we can probably give you a better clue as to what's going on. Because once we know the make and model, from there we can give you a lot better troubleshooting. That's always a key, Tim, is knowing a make and model of a monitor. So, if you need additional help on that, please let us know. Now, I should say, though, that Jim did write back and said he got the sync issue fixed, but now it looked like he had a different issue. And so, Tim, uh, Jim, we will be getting back to you about that. 
Uh, I think it looked like something on the boot sequence, Tim. Like it wasn't okay. booting up properly. So um, I didn't get a whole lot of time to look at it, Jim, because I kind of sent Jim that we were, I kind of sent him an email that we were covering his question. He kind of shot it right back real quick. And so I haven't had time in the interim to kind of look at his, his email back. But I know that he at least got the sync issue solved. Hopefully we can help you out with whatever little startup issue that you're having with the game as well. But just as a general rule of thumb, Tim, for having startup issues like that, probably need to check our power supply, right? For sure. We always start at power. And that's where we want to make sure that it's actually getting the right voltage and able to kind of kickstart it or whatever it needs, to, the right voltage to process. Absolutely. So, Jim, we will be getting back to you with a little bit more detail than that, but that gives you a really good place to start on this. Uh, so, so now that the sync issue is out of the way, let's check the power supply first, make sure that voltage is real good, and we'll send you back some other troubleshooting tr procedures that you can use once we've got a chance to actually go through the rest of your email. So, But we're glad that you at least got the sync issue solved, Tim. And a lot mm -hmm. of times when you move a game and it goes out of sync, could just be a little pot adjustment. Could just be like a little uh, little uh, sync wire kind of connection issue or something like that. So we're glad that you got it back up and running in that way. And hopefully we can help you out with your startup issue here in a bit. So, Okay, Tim. It uh, looks like we're still caught up in the live chat. So, um, so we'll go ahead and move on with the outline tonight. So the next question we have is from... Uh, oh, hang on a second. Uh, Nate just wrote in, Carnival monitor pictures looking lost. Uh, yellow lost colors. Hitting, um, hitting brings it back. Color solder joint on the neck board. Yeah, yes. so um, yellow is usually not a dedicated color. It's usually, you know, we have the RGB is, are the colors that we usually have on most CRTs. There are some that actually carry a yellow line. It's rare. But uh, if you're missing yellow, it's probably because you're green and you're blue maybe having issues, right? Because mm -hmm. green and blue make yellow. Am I right in that? Correct. Is that how that works? Okay. Mm -hmm. I don't know. You see, I, my primary, secondary colors, it's been a while since I've had art class, guys. So, yeah. So, there may be something in the green or blue line. Uh, check those color transistors, of course. That's like the very first thing to check. Check all of the color wires coming from your game board to your monitor chassis. Make sure everything's making a good connection there as well. Uh, and then some monitors, of course, have um, transistors not only on the neck board, but also on the main chassis. So make sure you check both sets, right? Yes. Anything else? Very good. Okay. Uh, let's see. Jumping General, I have a Best Tech 25-inch monitor not working. I hear those monitors are difficult to repair and keep going. Any thoughts? We don't have a lot of experience with Best Tech. Uh, what I would probably do is refer you to one of our monitor repair guys, specifically um, Paul Jure Paul. would probably be the best guy to contact about that because he could give you a little bit more uh, information on those. Again, just not a whole lot of experience with Best Tech stuff as a whole. So, But uh, like I said, Paul will probably have a pretty good idea of what it would take to get it going or or how difficult it would be to fix. So if you want to know, uh, paulsmonders.com, guys, mm -hmm. if you want to check that out. Uh, Angelina, what website would you recommend to get a new PCB blanks, unpopulated PCB reproductions. So, you know, there's not, I mean, the only ones that I know that are available are, are basically the ones from Atari. Atari has like the Black Widow ones mm -hmm. we've talked about in previous live shows. Um, if you want to get a totally unpopulated PCB, I mean, somebody would have to have all of the, you know, they'd already have to have all that mapped out and be able to, um, be able to basically create it for you. And so, I don't know if there's a website. You could con you could always contact a, uh, you know, a PCB production house. Uh, Tim, I've, we've done a lot of uh, I've done a lot of electronic board create you know like we've actually mm -hmm. done some PCB like print circuit boards in the past, and um, it's usually very expensive, unfortunately, especially if you just want a one off. Right, it'd be very expensive for you to get you know just a one off like unpopulated PCB. But you could contact some of these um, PCB production houses and they could give you a price on it. Um, if there's copyright involved, if it's not out of copyright yet, they probably won't do it. 
So um, the thing mm-hmm. about Atari, of course, is that they license all of that. And Tim, they they use a third-party service for that as well. And I can't remember the third-party service they use at the moment. But you could try contacting them and see if they would do something like that, considering they already have experience with the Atari PCBs. That would probably be... Yeah, really kind of, a lot of it would depend on the game. Yeah, agreed. And like I said, it depends on if it's still if it's done copyright, because a lot of reproduction houses aren't going to recreate a board if it's done under copyright law. So, I mean, just depends, but... Uh, let's see. Uh, oh, okay. It says YouTube Punk says um, John's Arcade had a video about play, uh, blank PCB boards. So there you go. Check out John's Arcade. He's got a good channel. So uh, see if you can find one there. But uh, yeah, I don't know. Like I said, I don't know where else. Yeah, you know, I don't know where you'd go. Uh, that company that Atari uses, though, may be the first place to check. And I, we we talked about that company when we did that story, and it's been so long now, I totally forgot it. So, uh, but if you look up if you look up the Atari reproduction PCBs, you will find that company. It will come up in your search. So, okay, Big D Retro. I'm curious if I wanted to build a multicade with a PC, but wanted to use a CRT instead of an LCD. What special connections would I need to make it work? So, I mean, connection wise, you need some sort of video converter, and so you can get like the um, the Gombus video oh. converter. You know, like they have the one that goes from uh, VGA out to 15 kilohertz, um, 15 kilohertz arcade uh, resolution. So, um, which is the kind of the the reverse of the one that the 8200, which is the one that takes it from like 15 kilohertz to VGA, so people can use like standard off-the-shelf LCDs. It's actually the, it'd be the reverse board of that, which is usually a red color, is a little bit smaller. But you could use that. You could use um, you could just use a. It, there's certain video cards that with like soft 15 kilohertz or some of the other um, uh, software out there can emulate 15 kilohertz, and then you just need a video amplifier board, uh, which places like Ultimark carry um holland computers has a whole like board kit pc hookup board kit that you can get that will um that includes like the video amplifier on there as well as the control interfaces and so you could get something like that as well there's a couple of options that you can go with it really just depends on on what you want to do the gombus is probably the most popular by far yeah how do you spell gombus i know it has g-o-m-b-e-s yeah it has a look kind of a strange spelling you'd want the one that goes from um, vga to fit to to arcade monitor vga to crt or whatever it is which is like i said the, the reverse of what most people are looking for most people are looking for the um the, the 15 kilohertz to vga right, right. exactly because they want to put lcds in there but yeah very possible um the way we used to do it in the in the past was that we we like the arcade vga which is no longer made and then we'd use a, a video amplifier uh to get that signal up to the um to the board but now with there's programs and things that can emulate that 15 kilohertz signal and you can just use a standard off-the-shelf video amplifier for that so uh, there's a lot of ways to do it, though. Uh, the Gombus is just nice because it's basically plug-and-play for the most part. You know, it's, you just plug, you know, you um, you hook the board, the red-green-blue ground sync up to the Gombus board, you hook the VGA output up, you're done. So, yeah, I mean, and pretty... it has the video amplifier and everything. And they're pretty inexpensive. Yeah, they're like 30 or 40 bucks Yeah, if you find them on sale. And if you order direct from China, like I like to do. Mm-hmm. So, uh, AliExpress is your best friend for that kind of stuff. So, I just ordered some stuff from AliExpress. Mm-hmm. Have you seen these, um, you know, poppets, right? Like the little yes. poppet toys. Um, my daughter got one that actually, what it does is it's an electronic game and it lights up the bubbles you're supposed to pop. Okay. And then you pop them and then you hit a button and it brings up the next level. And you then you pop some more and it, you okay. know, it's, you're, you're trying to do it as fast as you possibly can. But apparently these things are very big on TikTok. I don't okay. know. Okay, probably so. so. Um, yeah, exactly. So, uh, but I ordered one because it was cheap just to try it. And, and she's already got one that I think that we ordered from TikTok, but, um, but hopefully the um, AliExpress. Now my daughter does not use TikTok, Tim. I should say that. But friends, right? Right. You know how it is. Some 
Word gets around, doesn't it? Exactly. It <laughs> definitely does. Especially when you're a 10-year-old, Tim. Mm-hmm. Everybody wants the cool new thing. I mean, Poppets were the cool new thing. Remember remember when, like, all the fidget toys were real big? Yeah. You know, and Poppets were really big for a while, and it just, you know. It, it's kind of the same thing. I remember when I was a kid. Pogs, right? right. Uh-huh. That was, like, a thing when I was a kid. And, and Tim, I mean, you had, all, I mean, obviously all sorts of stuff, like, coming Etch-a-sketch. out. Etch-a-sketch. Etch-a-sketches. My mom would say, yeah, the pet rock. Yeah, pet rock was a big big thing. Silly, uh, but yeah, it's like fads and stuff always going through, but it never changes. And they'll be hot for a while. Beanie Babies. Yeah, you got to leave Beanie Babies. How about that, right? If you haven't watched that movie, I think we talked about that. The Beanie Baby movie on HBO HBO Max. It's pretty interesting. Did you watch that one? I've I've seen about half of it. I haven't watched it all. It's actually very very interesting. Yeah, it was very good. And it kind of tells the real story. Mm -hmm. So, anyway. Okay, I think we're caught up on the live chat. So, let us continue on with this question from Adam, Tim. Okay. So, Adam says, I'm looking for help with a Time Crisis 3 machine. Everything was working fine, and then the left podium stopped responding. Game launches fine, but pedal, gun, and switches don't respond. I swap the I.O. boards and nothing changes. Any help is appreciated, Adam. So, Tim, this is a side-by-side, side-by-side Time Crisis unit mm-hmm. that uh, you'll see a lot. I didn't put a picture of it. Actually, I think there's a picture on the next one. So, there's a left and a right podium, of course, for each of the players. So, you can you know you interact with each other in Time Crisis 3. And so, he's saying the entire left podium is not working. So, okay. and he tried swapping the I.O. board because there are I.O. boards inside of those podiums mm-hmm. that interface with the main board. But even swapping the I.O. board still didn't solve his issue. So, Tim, what do you think is going on with Adam's Time Crisis 3? Well, I mean, he did good by swapping the I.O. boards to make sure it wasn't that. But since it wasn't that, we're really leaning towards has to be some kind of wiring issue. Now, they should disconnect. You could actually switch them right. and see if the problem follows. Then you would know the wiring is on this side. Right. If you switch them and the problem stays, then the wiring could be up inside the cabinet. But more than likely, somewhere where they connect or a ground wire or something has come loose, the fact that nothing works on it... Um, you know, I, I get, well, he said, he, he say all of the issues, like nothing, right? He said nothing. So, um, yeah, so not even pedal gun switches. Yeah, yeah and switches, everything. Right. So that makes me work. So that means coin door switches probably yes. aren't working. I don't even know. He didn't say anything about coin door lights, but that's, right. com- that's common anyway. There's a start button, I believe, on it as well, Tim, so that's probably not so working. So then I would definitely look at the ground wires, the fact that it knocked out everything. If it only knocked out one part, we could narrow it down. So what you need to do is. Find out the pinouts, and you can trace those wires. But somewhere under there, probably where it connects to the game or where the connection is made, uh, you got a wiring issue. I like your idea, Tim, of switching the actual harnesses. So actually taking the yeah. the left harness and hooking it up. Yeah, to without the podium. Uh, without moving the whole podium. If I didn't make that clear, they should reach. You could right. just switch them. And that will tell you if the problem is in the cabinet or outside the cabinet. Right, because he switched the I.O. boards, but he didn't say if he switched the actual wiring harnesses over. Right. And so that would definitely be a great place to start, I think. So let us go ahead and look at what I have on the outline here, Tim. The fact that nothing seems to be working on the left podium would seem to indicate maybe a grounding or wiring issue of some sort. Make sure that the ground wires going to all the switches on the left podium are daisy-chained properly. Because, Tim, we've seen this before in control panels where if I have a break in my daisy chain, all of a sudden nothing works, right? So mm-hmm. it could be that. Uh, you may need to run a new ground directly to the uh, from the power supply to the daisy chain if you cannot get proper grounding from the I.O. board. Same with the wiring as a whole, though. Make sure that you've got wiring connected all the way back to the main board. The I.O. board itself is probably fine since you swapped them, okay? So uh, with the other podium and experience the same symptoms, you might want to see if 
the connectors that go to the I.O. board, to the main board, are connected properly as well. And that's what Tim was talking mm. about. Swapping those connectors and seeing if you get a different, see if the problem follows it or not. Because that's really going to tell you whether or not the issue is in the podium or if the issue is back to the game board somewhere. So, uh, Tim, is there anything else here for Adam before we move on? I can't think so. Adam, just write us back if you have more issues or none of that solves it. I'd be surprised, though, if it's not a wiring issue. Sounds good. So, Adam, hopefully that answers your question, and good luck getting that left podium on your Time Crisis 3 back up and running. Uh, Tim, I love Time Crisis. It's one of my mm-hmm. favorite games. Love the pedal. I've seen some setups recently. I think it was on Reddit where people have um, done two PlayStation 2s, and they have the PlayStation 2 game linked and running, which you can actually do. Mm-hmm. Uh, I have that setup. I've had that setup before, and it works really well. And so the only thing is now you have to have two CRT televisions, which can be a little difficult to come by. Mm-hmm. So, But still fun if you can hook it up. Uh, but the only unfortunate thing with the PS2 is it didn't have a pedal, but you could hook up a controller and use any button on the controller as the pedal. So like uh, if you just put the controller down the floor, you can kind of get the similar feel, not quite the same as the arcade, but at least you have a sort of pedal and a sort of gun. So, but, uh, just a great game. Time Crisis 3 is really fun to play. All of the Time Crisis games are really fun and uh, we hope Adam can get his back up and running soon. Uh, Tim, we have Jumping General all over here. He says, how many cabinets do you, you each of you have in your own collection, working and non-working? Um, I mean, I only have what I have here in the game room, plus maybe like five in storage, I think. Mm-hmm. So one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine, ten, eleven, twelve, thirteen, fourteen, fifteen. 10, 11, 12, 13, 14, 15. So uh, 13, 13 arcades and two pinball machines, not counting arcade one-ups. Right. And then about an extra five out in storage. So, and I'm probably... I've went from 50 to about six yep and maybe about four or five that aren't working so yeah, yeah. uh you you um i was about to say in your i know you used to have the blitz in your little shop yep. area probably I, a, I do so um, i don't know what else you have like i have a miss pac-man yeah the miss pac-man in storage and i have right. one in the garage i have the two um 60 and ones a, a cocktail and an upright. that's right that's right so couple yeah. other games i mean we uh tim doesn't keep as many games and i mean i i, mean, I just have all the games that i've had for a long time now I, mm-hmm. and you know i've just kind of kept them so i don't know if um i don't know how if i'll keep them forever but i mean i like i but i wish i could enjoy them more right now there's stuff in here it's kind of like lace potato chips no one can have just one though right yeah it, well, it, no, i don't pretty, know i think pretty I think hard depends. just to have one yeah i think it is hard to have one i think um our friend Steve probably has a good setup for people who just want some sort of the basics. He's got like a horizontal multi-game, a vertical multi-game, and then like maybe his favorite game, right? Mm-hmm. I mean, you do something like that, you know, I think it works out for most people. But um, yeah, Tim has downsized. Um, Very much. Yeah, so. it's been, I was about to say, it's been a while since you've had a lot of games. I yeah, was about to say. a long time. Yeah, so. For an arcade game. Yeah. Big game room. He does have a... Oh, um, YouTube Punk says, I thought he had a newer, bigger home. He does. He just hasn't filled it with games yet. Yeah. It's filled with other stuff. That's right. Exactly. I got married. He has a nice shop area <laughs> where we put together the Blitz, and he's got um, a three-car yeah. garage, which is super awesome. I like to work um, on stuff more than I like to play them, actually. Yeah. So. I usually work them and flip them or fix them and go. Yeah, that's what we've been... Yeah, that's what I'd say. That's what you've pretty much been doing lately, right? Mm-hmm. So... Which, I mean, you know, it is what it is. I, I mean, I don't know if, uh, you know, you won't... The games come and games go, right? So, yeah. I mean, I, I may not have all these games forever. At some point, I may decide to get rid of what I have. So, you know, it's never... Uh, I, don't, I don't know if... Oh, I forgot. I have a cocktail, too, that's buried under there. <laughs> a multi-game cocktail. So, 14 arcade games. But uh, I didn't count that one. But, yeah. And, you know, to be honest with you, like, the Blitz Arcade one up is really good. Yeah. And, you know, it's pretty easy to... I mean, a there's not a whole space. lot to it, right? Exactly. So, I mean, 
you know, um, I, I, I enjoy playing it just as much as anything else. It's got the riser with it, so it stands just the same height. So um, there's nothing wrong with the arcade one-ups, and they take up a lot less space if you don't have all the space in your room. And the room that he has it in is his workshop area, which is kind of tight anyway on space. Mm-hmm. So um, last time I was in there, they had a Christmas tree out. I guess that thing's like going to the attic, huh? Yeah, we're just going <laughs> yeah, right. by, by, by now. We're just going to wheel it outside. Is it just you? Is it your neighborhood too? We have a lot of people arguing with Christmas lights out. Well, it's November. Look at it. It's uh, almost mid-November. I've got a turkey out front. Yeah. <laughs> okay. Don't skip Thanksgiving, people. Right. I'm just saying. I don't mind if you decorate the inside of your house, but it may be a little too early for the outside. Mm-hmm. Just a little bit. So, you know, um, have you seen the little uh, memes online of people sending the little uh, sand inflatables with turkey on top with yeah. the sign that says, you know, wait your turn, fat boy? So <laughs> you, gotta, you gotta watch it. You know, don't skip Thanksgiving. It's one of my favorite holidays, Tim. Yeah, me too. What is better than eating a big Thanksgiving meal and watching that cowboy game, yeah. Tim? What is better than that? There's not much in this world, I'm just telling you. So, okay, maybe that Rangers World Series win. That's definitely <laughs> maybe. better. Okay. But, uh, you know, I like, I like having a full belly and watching that football game. I There's like time off. It. Yeah, <laughs> time off, too. That's right. Okay, Tim, let us move on to the next question from Kat. And Kat writes, I am emulating a Neo Geo MBS board for Metal Slug and had no idea what hard and soft dip switches were until I saw your video on adjusting dip switch settings on a board. I managed to configure the soft dip switches as I am familiar with the test mode in the later Sega boards, the Autonomous Wave, uh, which Autonomous Wave is technically Sammy, but Sega Sammy now, uh, Model 3, Naomi, etc. Since I am using an emulator on Windows, uh, there is no real arcade board. I cannot find the option for free play in the soft dip switches for Metal Slug and Diagnostics, uh, the test mode. Is it possible that some options remain in hard dip switches and not available in soft ones? Great well, question. Yeah, great. I mean, this is something that if you're not familiar with arcade games or if you're not real a real big emulator kind of person and haven't had a lot of experience with them, you may not realize. But if you're using MAME to, to emulate your games, MAME actually does emulate the hardware dip switches. And it has a menu that you can use to get to those hardware dip switches. And Tim, I'm just going to go ahead and put up this slide so she can kind of see because I, I did some screenshots, screenshots here or I found some online mm-hmm. that work. So MAME has a place to modify the hard dip switch settings built into the emulator itself. It is located on the tab menu. And Tim, I call it the tab menu because if you have the default control scheme in MAME, if you hit tab, tab, it, (laughs) it comes up. When you hit the tab key, it should bring up a menu that has the option to modify the hard dip switches. Now, Tim, um, it looks like the top, um, depending on what version of MAME you're using, if you're using one of the newer graphics uh, kind of panels, then you'll see something that looks more like this top screenshot here that has the dip switch settings. Mm-hmm. So according to the hard dip switch settings for the Neo Geo MBS hardware, the free play option is located on switch 7, which means it should be selectable in this menu. Find the free play option uh, on the dip switch menu, turn it to the on position, exit out of the tab menu, and you should be allowed to enjoy your Neo Geo games without having to insert coins. You may have to reboot uh, and when I say reset the emulator in order for that to take effect, sometimes you have to do that. No different than turning off the game and turning it back on basically. But once you do that, you should have the free play settings there. So, I mean, not... Like I said, pretty simple, but a lot. If you don't know about that tab menu in in uh, in the emulator, then you may not know about that. Now, if you're using a different emulator, those hard dip switches are probably there. It's just a matter of finding out where. Sometimes they may be in a um, in the menu bar up at the top. There may be an option for dip switches up there. Uh, sometimes it's another like key press that you'll have to do in order to get to it. Sometimes it may be in a file that you need to configure. So it's really just up to you as to um, how you want to go about that. But you should be able to find that dip switch settings menu or something similar in whatever whatever emulator you are using. So um, I think that's that's it. Yeah. I don't think there's anything else to say. Pretty easy. Um, but yeah, I mean, what you're doing is getting into the test mode, which is no different than getting into the test mode of any board. But not all of your 
options are going to be in the test mode. In fact, on most older games, you're going to find that free play especially is a hard dip switch setting. Correct. So there you go. So, Kat, hopefully that helps you with your question, and good luck setting the free play mode on your emulated Neo Geo MBS system. So, Delusionals Arcade says, uh, for me, I counted 26 games, one pin, tons of PCBs to swap into candy cabs. Don't get me started on spare tubes. Yeah, you, mm -hmm. we got rid of all that stuff. Like, we a had a warehouse full. We cleaned it all out. We had spare tu tubes. Only say a warehouse, stuff. a warehouse. Yeah, full. an actual warehouse full. Um, and we got rid of a lot of that stuff. I, we still have a couple of monitors and things in storage, but not nearly as many as we used to have. Mm. When you're not operating anymore, it, it kind of, you know, waste. it's like we didn't need that stuff as much, right? Nope. So, I mean, it is what it is. Uh, and Delusional has a Wurlitzer jukebox as well that plays 45s. I wish I had a jukebox. I see them for sale every so often, but I just can't pull the trigger on one, Tim. I just yeah. Can't do it. So. They're pretty tough to get going, especially if you want to keep it original. Exactly. Nate says he has 73, but they're all being operated. So, if you're an operator, you're going to have more games, typically. For sure. Because, I mean, you have places to put them. You know, if you're, you've got to swap out in and out games. When we were operating, we had... That's why we had the warehouse. Right. Because we needed all the space for them. So, you know, but uh, it doesn't matter if you've got one game or if you've got 127, you know. It's, you know, have the games that you have, play them, enjoy them. All that good stuff. Right, Tim? I agree. So there you go. Okay, Tim. Uh, we got one here from Robert, it looks like, is the next one up on our outline. So let me bring that one up. Hi, I have watched some of your videos that are that are really helpful. Okay, I was hoping you could help me with some tips as to why my Pac-Mania arcade game keeps freezing and restarting. I have blown out the dust and checked the connections. I don't see any issues with the monitor, and I have a thick extension cord that powers my other games without issue. I only plug in one game at a time. Can you recommend something on the game board or the power supply that I can check? Robert. So, Tim, we have uh, Robert here. Robert has a Pac-Mania game, mm -hmm. and he's saying it keeps freezing and restarting. So he will plug it in, and it's like it'll play, I guess, for a little while, and then it'll freeze and or just randomly restart. And so with that in mind, Tim, what can Robert do in order to get his Pac-Mania board or game fully right. working without the freezing and the restarting? Well, with years of experience, everything we've done, if a game is freezing up, there's usually... Only a couple issues that it's usually either the power supply or the main board, and it's usually the power supply sure. that's not putting out the correct voltages. So that's why we talk about the ASAP approach, ASAP, always start at power, and we check it from the wall. You can even have an issue with your house voltage, for instance, or your garage voltage. So once we go through there, we run through the game, and we want to go from the switching power supply, and... Uh, I know you're probably going to talk about this, John. This one kind of has a little different one, right? Right. But we it's want to see... It's still switching power supply. Yeah, it's we not want to traditional. watch for voltage coming in and what outputs are being out. We want to make sure the 5 and the 12 volts are correct. Um, so those are the areas that we're going to start at first. If that is, pro is working just fine, no problems, no voltage drop at any time, when that happens is when I would really like to see you have the voltage meter on there to see what's going on. Then I would suspect your board, but more than likely it's probably your power supply. Sure. So let's go ahead and look at this real quick. And even, yeah, even Delusional says check your power supply. 
Yeah, so freezing and restarting issues with arcade games are typically caused by problems with either the power supply or the game board. One of our sayings here at Arcade Repair Tips, like Tim mentioned, is ASAP. Always start at power. If the game board is getting incorrect voltage, it can cause it to malfunction. Check the plus 5 volts DC, the plus 12 volts DC lines coming off the power supply to make sure the voltage is correct. Recommend checking it at both the power supply and at the game board. Pac-Mania is a JAMA game, so it... So you can use the JAMA pinouts to check the voltage at the harness connector. Adjust the voltage if needed and see if it helps the issue. And Tim, I have a diagram here directly from the Pac-Mania manual, which we also link to down in the show description below. So that way you can check it out. Um, like I said, not quite like you, when we think about a switching power supply, Tim, we typically th think about the built-in unit that uh, has a nice casing around it and everything. This one has like just an open off the shelf style switching power supply which you can still check the voltage on and actually the manual shows you what pins are carrying the 5 and 12 volts dc awesome. so all you need to do is just unplug the connector check the 5 and 12 on that connector and you can and you can tell what the voltage is going to the board again though if you have the JAMA pinouts, which you can find on our website at arcaderepairtips.com slash jamma.html, if you go there, then you will be able to, you'll know that the power pins are at the very top of the harness, pins one through uh, set or one through six, and you can check the voltage at the harness connector as well. That's another place to check it. But pretty much on a pack mania like this, more than likely power supply issue. So Tim, anything else that you have here before we move on? No, I don't think so. Sounds good. So, Robert, hopefully that answers your question. Remember, we have the manual down below and the uh, linked in the show description, so you can go down there and check it out if you need to, and that'll give you a little bit of a heads up on to as to where to check that voltage. Mm -hmm. So make sure you check those voltages, adjust it if necessary. Let's make sure that that 5 is 5, that, that 12 is 12. Um, one thing we will say about adjusting voltages, that 5-volt line can get as high as 5.1, but you don't want to go any higher than that. So if you're... Mm -hmm. 5.05, 5.06, 5.07, any, anything in that is okay, but never over 5.1. And really, as close as you can get to 5, we may turn it up to like 5.02, 5.03 5 or something like that. But as clo the closer you can get to 5 volts, especially at the board, the better. Right, Tim? Correct. So there you go. So I think that I think that takes care of Robert's problem. So we'll go ahead and continue on in our show. And Tim, we have uh, Jumping General. I just picked up a Mortal Kombat 1 at a yard sale. Cheap. Turns out, uh, turns out only problem it had was a bad power supply working great now. So common, right? Like mm -hmm. uh, one of the one of the easiest things to fix a lot of times with the eyes is game won't come on. Because right. game won't come on about eighty percent of the time means a power supply issue. Now every so often you may have a monitor like it may be maybe playing blind and the guy doesn't realize it. You may have. Um, you may have a game board issue. It's always a, always a chance in that. But 75 to 80% of the time, if a game just won't come on, power supply issue, right, Tim? A lot of times. There you <laughs> go. So it's always good to pick up a game cheap, though, fix it, and then get right around to, to playing it, right, Tim? Heck yeah. I just know. So I'm wearing Texas and you're wearing I know. Rangers. It's, it's, it's pretty almost awesome. perfect, it works perfectly it? here. Even on the screen, exactly. it looks good. Exactly. So, um, you know, hey, I, I, I'm loving it. I'm loving it, literally. <laughs> So uh, we can talk about Corey Seager all we want, Tim. Oh, yeah. Or Marcus Simeon or any of those guys, you know. And we will see. <laughs> <That's right. laughs> Stick around for the live show. Delusional, show. Uh, Delusional says, Midway MK games are very power hungry. They need beefier wires and very picky with voltage. This is correct. Yes, Midway games as a whole. So um, Mortal Kombat falls into that category. But, I mean, almost any Midway game that you can think of, any of the 90s ones for sure, fall into that category. They need a big power supply in there mm -hmm. because they do, they do require a lot of voltage, it seems like. So... There we go. 
Now, Tim, I really like this question. I knew as soon as I saw this mm -hmm. next question, you would know exactly what this cabinet is because mm -hmm. I did, and I didn't work with it nearly as much as you did. Mm -hmm. And so maybe we'll throw it to the audience to see, can you guys tell us yeah, what this cabinet is? Name that cabinet. Name mm -hmm. that cabinet, okay? Because um, Candy doesn't know, and that's why she's writing in tonight. And so here we go. I was given this monitor slash cabinet with no board in it. What would be compatible with this setup? It still has the innards. And Tim, this is where our uh, show, show game title. comes from tonight. What do I do with the cabinet innards? <laughs> I, I'm new to arcade games. I just got my Lethal Enforcers running, minus sound. Uh, but I don't know who to even ask about this cabinet. Any ideas? Now, Tim, I just read this. Um, I've read this a couple of times, but I just read the, the fact that she got the Lethal Enforcers minus running, minus sound. sound. We'll mention Check that. the negative five volts on that, because that game in particular wants negative five. So if, if whoever... Whoever wired up your game, if that they negative 5-volt line is not connected, you will not get sound. Make sure the negative 5 volts is connected in that Lethal Enforcer's cabinet. But with that said, Tim, let's wait a minute here and give everybody a chance to see if they can ID this cabinet. So um, I, I see Nate says some kind of dynamo. Okay. Uh, let's see. Uh, let's see. Oh, uh, Robert on the last one says, um, I found a ground wire not attached. Okay. Well, that would definitely do it. So um, make sure that you attach that ground wire back up on that last question, right? Nice. So there we go. Okay. So Nate Berg says some kind of dynamo. Tim, um, that may be technically correct in a way, but not really a dynamo um, per se. Mm -hmm. I would say it could have been manufactured by dynamo, but it's not a generic dynamo cabinet. For sure. For sure. Um, any other guesses here? We'll give everybody, what, another, I'll give you another 30 seconds here. So, uh, but uh, it's a very distinct cabinet, Tim. And one uh, used to have a I Chuck know. E. Cheese. Yes. Okay, so I mean, that's, something, there's, a, a, there's there. a clue right there. Uh, something, Tim used to have a Chuck E. Cheese, a very common game. Uh, man, I think I saw him at a lot of Chuck E. Cheese. Mm -hmm. It wasn't just yours. It seemed like it was there was one at every one. I no. can remember, I'll, I'll throw a hint. One of the games on there was called Mech Warrior. Yes, Mech Warrior is playable <laughs> on this. Um, this one looks like it has Star Wars Starfighter on it. Yeah, a lot of them had Roller Coaster Simulator. Yeah, so. Roller Coaster Simulator. I remember that on yours as well, Tim. Computer powered for sure. Another five seconds here. If we don't get any more guesses, I'm going to move on here, Tim. So, three, two, one. Okay. Well, Tim, enlighten us. What is this cabinet? That is a sumo cabinet. <laughs> yes, sumo. So, um, for those of you guys who don't know, sumo was a motion simulator cabinet. Mm -hmm. And so, what you see here in this picture is only half of it. That's part right. of the thing that makes it tricky is that this is only half a cabinet, right, Tim? Correct. We're missing the motion simulator part, which we like to call the bubble. Yeah. Okay? And so, I'll show a picture of that here in a second, though. But, Tim, what can Candy do with this half sumo cabinet? What kind well, of things could she do with it? Whatever she wants to, really. It's... It, I would, I mean, it'd be nice if it could be converted back to the original game, but finding that other half right. without the monitor is going to be tough. Sure. So in her case, what you want to do is up to you. You could put MAME in it. You could run an emulator base or a PC game. Uh, but without that other half, uh, I was thinking maybe a Guitar Hero would be a good good game or something like that. Maybe a Dance Revolution. But she really needs to find the other half. Or just use a monitor or whatever her creative mind can come up with. It's kind of like half a showcase cabinet, right? Yeah. Like we've got the screen part of a showcase cabinet here. Um, and that that's kind of what makes it difficult. Nate also said some kind of cabinet could be turned into anything, not too sure. And you're exactly right. I mean, the problem here is we don't have a control panel, right? Right. And so doing a traditional game is going to be somewhat difficult without building a control panel or a pedestal. We're going to make a good gun game or something. Yeah. Golden yeah. tee, maybe. You yeah. get the you get the pedestal for the golden tee and then just kind of connect it up, right? Yeah. 
Uh, there's a lot of different options here, but it's really up to you. So let me go ahead and put this up here, Tim, so everybody knows what we're talking about. This is what it should look like. Yeah. With the bubble. The motion simulator bubble. So basically, um, somebody just ripped this part off. Didn't, didn't, uh, I don't know if they took it for parts or, or threw it away or what, but they took away the, um, the, uh, sumo, the motion simulator part of it, Tim, just left the cabinet part. So what you have is half a sumo system. It is missing the bubble part that contains the motion seat and controls. It also looks like it may be missing the computer coin door and cabinet inserts. So the inserts tend to cover up like the, the little parts right. where, and, the, and uh, the parts where the computer should be and everything like that. As far as what to do with it, choice is yours. If the monitor works, you could hook up, uh, hook up a computer to it and either make an emulator-based system or a PC game setup. You will need to make some sort of control panel for it to play traditional arcade games on it for sure, right, Tim? Mm -hmm. But it could also be good for like a Kinect, like a motion simulator-style game. Tim, I think this would be great if I put a Kinect sensor at the top and then uh, hooked it up to play Baller Beats, which is one of my favorite Kinect games with the basketball. Uh -huh. So it tracks your basketball. It's a basketball uh, dribbling game. I don't know if you uh, ever played it. Nope. Um, or you could do a Guitar Hero style game like Tim mentioned, Dance Dance Revolution. A whole bunch of opportunity. The um, possibilities uh, are endless. Yeah, Isn't I agree. that what they say? The possibilities are endless. So there you go. Um, you can do whatever you want to with it. And so we will be looking forward to, dis to discovering what you decide to do. So uh, if you, whatever you decide to do with it, please let us know. Um, that monitor is really nice. Hopefully it's got the chassis with it and works 100%. Um, a couple of suggestions from the live chat. Uh, let's see, Delusionals Arcade says make a pedestal for it. And Nate says make a pedestal, slip some joysticks and buttons on it, call it a day. Finding those uh, rare parts, dancer writing parts will be hard. Now, here's the thing about like Guitar Hero. Guitar Hero has gotten more expensive, Tim. I don't mm -hmm. know if you know about that. But um, guitars and like you put an Xbox 360 in there with some guitars, it's pretty re readily available still and wouldn't be very expensive at all. Or you could do a PC like we talked about, pedestal cabinet. That works too. There's a lot. Of, or um, Tim, we made a uh, we made a music music video jukebox out of we one. We did, Michael. So you could do something very like similar that. to that. A lot mm -hmm. of options. Like I said, choice is yours. You got so many options available to you here, Candy. You can decide. Um, and we like your name, Candy. It reminds us of one of our favorite cabinets. So mm -hmm. candy mm -hmm. cabinets are awesome. So just like a delusional said he's got a couple of those awesome so uh but let us know what you decide to do we gave you some suggestions live chat did too and i mean choice is really up to you whatever you decide to do with it um the nice thing is that i think that's on rollers right tim uh yes so moving it around should be pretty or easy. sliders yeah, yeah sliders or rollers so moving it around should be pretty easy uh but you're just gonna have to decide if you want to make it into a traditional arcade cabinet though you will need to build a pedestal and a control panel and you can sometimes buy those like i said golden tea has pedestals uh, now that are pretty common, but uh, you know, just like I said, choice is yours. But uh, let us know what you decide to do with it. We'd love to hear mm -hmm. what you end up doing with that cabinet, and we'd love to see after pictures of it once you're done. So if you can find the motion bubble, you could do that too. But I think that may be hard to come by, right, Tim? Correct. Because I mean, most of the times you see that cabinet paired. Now to move that cabinet, you do have to unbolt them. Like you cannot move it all together. No, it's too heavy. That's why it probably got separated from its from the motion part, the bubble part. Mm. Um, and I say the bubble, Tim, like some of them didn't have the bubble around them, but I know Chicky, you guys did to keep kids from messing with other right. kids. Some of them were just a seat. But... Right, some of them were just a seat. But the controls that I initially had were, uh, think of like a throttle and a, um, like a, that, like a computer joystick, joystick yeah. airplane flight simulator style joystick. Yep. That's what it, it originally had. So if you're looking for that, so. 
Well, Tim, we have come to the part in the show where we do the quick question and answer. So for those of you guys who are watching for the first time, this is the part where I throw Tim three quick questions and he throws me back three quick answers as to mm -hmm. what those questions are. So tonight we have a, a varied selection of questions kind of all over the map. And so let us go ahead and throw these at Tim and see what he has for us. Here we go. So the first one, Tim, we have is from Michael. What would the market value be for a non-working xenophobe? Uh, the seller says he suspects a bad power supply, but who knows, right? Okay, Anthony says, when wiring an arcade cabinet using the JAMA standard, is there no transformer needed? Do I need a transformer? And Dan says, I'm looking for someone to inspect and repair my Golden T2005 boards. Thanks. And so is there somebody that we could recommend for that? So let's go to M Michael's question first, Tim. What would a non-working xenophobe go for? Okay. Well, our Maybe power supply, don't know. Yeah, our best guess, as long as it's complete, is around $300 or less. Yeah. And that's based on uh, same, for what our research shows. A, a fine working one in good shape went for like $1,000. Yeah, a pristine with an extra board set one recently went 4000 bucks. So I would think that about $300 for a non-working, if it was or less. complete. And it depends on the cabinet. If the cabinet looks like it's been sitting outside tonight where it's been rained on for like three days or something like mm -hmm. that, you know, maybe it got lost in the flood when Noah when Noah went through all that stuff. If it looks like that, it's probably worth 50 bucks if it's complete. Okay. Right. Cabinet, cabinet quality makes a big difference in non-working games. So if it's crumbling, if the sides are crumbling off, if the corners are crumbling, uh, use that to your advantage as far as bidding on it. Make sure you get them down on the price. Right, Tim? Correct. Okay. Anthony says, do I need an isolation transformer if I'm wiring with JAMA? Well, it doesn't matter about JAMA. What matters is your monitor. Does your monitor that you want to run with that game need it? Right. And so that your monitor, what matters in that situation? So in that video, Tim, I believe we did it on the Multicade cocktail that I have. Mm -hmm. And that is a newer style CRT that does not require an isolation transformer. And so that's why you don't see it in that video. But Tim, most of the monitors that we're all familiar with... K7000s, K4600s, K4900s, Electro Home Geo 7s, Sanyos. Most of those do require an isolation transformer some point, uh, of some form, right? Right, most so, of them. So it kind of depends on the era of game. If it's 2000 and newer, you're probably not going to need one. Gotcha. Or error monitor. And Dan has a Golden T2005, Tim. Where can he get that board repaired? Well, he can go to our resource page. There's plenty of people, but might want to try just the manufacturer and credit Incredible Technologies. Yeah, Incredible Technologies may actually um, be available to fix that. But if not, we do have a lot of arcade repair technicians on our website at arcaderepairtips.com slash resources you can send it off to. We've got uh, Raymond on there, Eldorado Games, Tim, Electron Forge. We got, uh, there's there's so many people there uh, that can help you out. If you contact them, say you want to get your board repaired, they will help you with that. Now, Tim, that is a very common board, though, so you may be better off just buying a replacement. Correct. So price, <laughs> price repair, see what you come up with. But you may also want to shop around on eBay or some of the arcade forums and see if somebody has a replacement for you. So let me go ahead and put this up here so everybody can kind of cover it. So on the Xenophobe, we would say less than 300 if it's not working, depending on if the condition, if it's in good condition and complete. A pristine working one with a spare board would go for around 800 to 1,000, but broken is always a different story. Uh, Tim, we see these people that... Sell their, want to sell their broken games for eBay pricing. You ever notice right. that? Uh, you got to remember, non-working, it might as well be a boat anchor. Right. And just because it's listed at $3,000, we want to look at the eBay, what did it sell for? Correct. Not just what somebody's listed one for. Absolutely. On Anthony's question with jam and isolation transformers, it depends on the monitor installed in your cabinet. While older arcade monitors require an isolation transformer, most newer ones do not. 
and in the one in that video it did not and tim i put this nice um tag here that you'll find on a lot of wells garner uh monitor power cords or power mm -hmm. wires where it says warning isolation transformer is required if you are must be used if your monitor requires that a lot of times that tag will be on there but you know after a couple of decades sometimes that tag falls off right tim so make sure you consult the manual for your uh, for your monitor or uh, seek some information uh, seek some information online as to whether or not your monitor needs an isolation transformer or not. And then as far as a Golden T2005, check our resources page like we mentioned at arcaderpairchips.com/resources. And you can also try Incredible Technologies at itsgames.com to see if they can repair it as well. But if they can't, we have a list of people who can on our website. So. I think that covered everything. Anything else on any of these, Tim, you want to talk about before we move on? Nope. Let's move. There we go, guys. So there we go. So hopefully that helps out Michael, Anthony, and Dan. And uh, just get back with us if you have any additional questions about any of those. So, and let us know. Tim, it's time for the discussion portion of the show tonight. And so we have uh, several news stories. We had a lot of news, I feel like, over the last month or so, whereas I felt like for the October show, we were really light. Yeah. Right, exactly. But uh, we've had a lot of pinball news recently, Tim. Now, we should mention that if you are in the Houston area this weekend, you should go to the Houston Arcade Expo, which is happening. Uh, there's going to be a ton of games there, a ton of people to interact with. And I think some of these newer style pinball machines may be there as well, as well Tim. So, uh, and Tim, have you heard about Barrels of Fun Pinball? I have not. Okay, well, let's talk about that real quick. So, um, Barrels of Fun is a new pinball company based out of Houston, Tim. Nice. So, film editor and director David Van S. and retired collectibles executive Brian Savage founded Barrels of Fun Pinball in 2021. We know Brian. Yes. Uh, we interact with him. at uh, We worked with him at Texas Pinball Festival for uh, one year, and he's a really nice guy. He's um, big into that whole retired collectibles, like getting them reproduced and things like mm -hmm. that, especially like G.I. Joe and things like that. Brian is a really good guy, I will say that. Van S. got into, pinball, into the pinball business working for Spooky Pinball and said that he had a hand in the Scooby-Doo machine, Tim, which okay. most of us are familiar with. Van S. and a team of 20 employees and contractors have been working in a manufacturing facility in Houston, Texas. The company's initial product, product is a table based on the 1986 cult film Labyrinth nice. starring the late David Bowie. And, Sim, and Tim, you can see a picture of it here. It looks beautiful. It looks like any other pinball machine you would see now. Uh, this has kind of become the standard form factor, I feel mm -hmm. like. Jersey Jacks are a little bit different, but uh, this has kind of become the standard for most pinball machines made nowadays. And Tim, uh, I'm not a huge Labyrinth fan. It's a good movie and everything. I don't know if I would go buying a pinball machine based on that theme. But overall, I do think it's pretty cool that they are making a pinball machine out of it and that the company is based here in Texas in the Houston area. So For sure. Uh, but any thoughts about uh, Barrels of Fun or Labyrinth Pinball or anything you want to say about this? No, I'd love to see it. Watch it. I'd love to play it. Yeah, so hopefully we'll get a chance to. If you're at the Houston... Um, Arcade Expo this weekend, I think you will get a chance to play it. I think they're going to have maybe a, a unit there. I know that they did take it to the Chicago Pinball Expo, but I don't know if, um, I don't I don't know like how many units they had or anything like that up there, but I knew that they debuted it there. And so I'm pretty sure they're going to have some this weekend at the HAG as well. So uh, the Houston Area Arcade Group Expo. So if you're in the area, might want to check it out. Maybe a good opportunity for you to, to play it. And Tim, I do think they may have some of these as well, which is Jersey Jack's latest pinball table elton john okay uh so jersey jack pinball released details of their newest title elton john pinball the game is based on sir elton john and his numerous musical hits over the past six decades it is the first jersey jack pinball game from designer steve ritchie who joined the company two years ago and incorporates 16 full-length studio tracks as well as custom callouts by elton it's available in a platinum and a collector's ed edition tim and it is expensive 
<laughs> I don't remember exactly what the price was. I want to say 10000 and 12000 Okay. Um, and the collectors is truly collectors. I think there are only 500 being made or something like wow. that. So, I mean, like, what? or maybe less than that. I can't remember the exact numbers. If you go to the Pinball News Story, it'll tell you all that stuff. Uh, Tim, have you seen the table yet? Have you seen it? Oh, seen it is beautiful. It has, it has Elton on his piano and he plays he, he bounces up and down like a little figure of elton bounces up and down on the piano the piano has his leds like he has on his one in mm -hmm. concert and it'll show different like patterns and things on the side of the piano in led form that's cool um it is cool golly it's got a lot of bells and whistles on it i mean it, i i think uh you know jack guaneri just said uh, hey steve whatever you want to do man uh elton john put it on there and mm -hmm. literally i don't think they i I bet you they didn't cut anything. I bet right. they just threw it all in there. So, nice. Um, it is amazing to look at. It is a beautiful machine. Uh, Tim, I like Elton John music. Big fan of his. I mean, not not, not like um, hardcore or anything, die hard kind of guy, but I do like the music, and I think sure. this is going to be a really fun table to play. I look forward to playing it. So uh, any thoughts about Elton John pinball, Tim? Can't, I can't wait to see it. There I don't go. know that it... That, but the, the screenshot of him does it. I thought it doesn't really look like the Elton John to me. I yeah, I mean it's it's most of this is like in his younger yeah. days. You know, even the um, one of the little uh, that I can't remember if it's the collectors of the platinum or if it's on both. The Elton John figure is wearing his baseball outfit that's all sparkly. Have mm -hmm. you seen that one? Yes. And so uh, that's really cool. Uh, it's just it looks amazing. Like I can't imagine how much time and effort they put into this thing. And so I hope that they sell a ton of them. I hope that's a big hit for Jersey Jack. Uh, Tim, Jersey Jack just keeps making good pinball machines. And here's the thing. The, man, we're still in this pinball renaissance where new companies are coming out and, the, and everything's still rocking and rolling. It's amazing. And I hope they can continue. Uh, and I hope the market continues to sustain it, Tim. Because I, I thought for a while we were at kind of the end of the pinball bubble. But now we're mm -hmm. seeing more companies pop up. We're seeing more tables come out. Hopefully this will continue. So Hopefully I really so. Do. so. Uh, but Tim, out of these two, is there one that you would probably want to own more than the other? Labyrinth or the Elton John? Probably price the was Elton no issue. John. Okay. Yeah, if price was not an issue. Yeah, of course, if price was not an issue. Because these things are expensive, guys. Um, but I'm probably with you. Probably more of an Elton John fan than I am of uh, Labyrinth. Uh, if it was just a David David Bowie pinball machine, would you feel different about it? Uh, no. No? Not probably a big not. David Bowie fan? No, I just... I, I like Labyrinth as much as I like David Bowie. I don't okay. think that really factors in. Gotcha. Okay. There you go. I like the Labyrinth show. Well, what about you guys? Which one of these would be the one that you'd pick up if money was no object? So please let us know here in the live chat if it would be the Elton John from Jersey Jack or if it would be the Labyrinth from Barrels of Fun Pinball or if there's something else that you have your eye on, let us know. We'd love to hear from you in the live chat. Uh, let's see. Delusional says, I need somebody to make a Voltron theme pin. I think that would be cool. Mm -hmm. So I think... Uh, I still want a Matrix, like a real Matrix. And somebody's working on a custom uh, The Greatest Showman. I think that'd be fantastic, too. Great music in that. I think that'd be a really fun one to do. Um, Dragon's Lair Pinball. That'd be interesting. Yeah, that's interesting. a good idea. And so, uh, I was trying to think of some other themes. I've wanted a UFC one forever, but I don't know I don't know if we're kind of past the popularity point on that yeah. or not. What if they made a uh, Texas Rangers pinball? You think you'd be trading in some pinballs for that? I don't know. It depends on how good it is. Um, you know, they did that. Um, Stern did that with generic NFL pinball that you could get yeah. um, themed for whatever team you had. Mm -hmm. And, I mean, that one was okay. I didn't like the table very much, but I liked the effort that went into it, I guess. You know, but... Um, but there you go. Um, Nate Burke says Pulp Fiction. Yeah, I still want to give Pulp Fiction a try. Tim, did you get to play Pulp Fiction? I haven't played it Yeah, I was about yet. to say. So uh, Pulp Fiction is definitely one on my list, too. I want to try it. I've heard only good things about that one. So uh, looking forward to hopefully getting my hands on that as well. Uh, man, I can't remember. Like, uh, I think the last pinball machines I played may have been at um, Steve's place when I went to, to, um, to you know, his place in Arkansas. 
Mm-hmm. So I think that was the last pinball machines I played, and so that I mean I I'm way behind on the new stuff. Me so too. I, I should have gone to the Hag this weekend, but we got too much going on. No, I'm too busy, same. so uh, it's just been it's been it's been crazy around here. So anyway, and Tim, here's the thing: I had a crazy schedule before I knew that the Rangers were going to make the postseason. Mm-hmm. I crammed all that stuff in too, so you know it is what it is. But um, uh, Delusional says I like Pulp Fiction. I like the movie. The pin is underwhelming. So there you go. I, hmm. I, like I said, I've heard I've heard people say great things. Um, but I'll, you know, I'll kind of save it. I, and he says he's tried it several times, Tim. So okay. I hate to hear that. So, but uh, hopefully I'm going to give it a shot at some point and we'll report back if me and Tim get to play it as well. Now, Tim, here's a couple of other news nuggets that came out uh, over the last month. So this one was that uh, Tekken Tag Tournament was developed in just two months, Harada says. Now, this came out on Twitter, Tim. So the Tekken series is renowned uh, across the world, and Tekken Tag Tournament is one of the most memorable titles in the series. Now, Tim, I have a Tekken Tag Tournament. I love that game. It's one mm-hmm. of my favorites. Okay, In fact, it is probably my favorite Tekken, just across the board. Um, so the project took five minutes to plan and only two months to develop the arcade version, says Katsuhiro Harada, Tim. Wow. Two months! That's crazy to me. Harada says the game made considerable profit because the cost was low. Tekken 3 was complete, and the management Namco ordered Harada to release a 3.5 version within six months. So basically wow. what he did was he took Tekken 3, they souped it up a little bit, added the tag mechanic, and put it out. And I tell you what, Tim, it's still my favorite of the series. And I played all of them, mm-hmm. but it's definitely my favorite. Love this. And so to find out that they were able to do it so quickly, though, blows my mind. Because, you know, it, it does seem like that Tekken 3 came out and Tekken Tag was not too far behind it, though. Mm-hmm. But uh, it is my favorite of the series. I love Tekken Tag Tournament. It's just, it's super fun to play. Um, it's probably the last one I really spent conser- a considerable amount of time playing. When 4 came out, Tim, I wasn't a big fan of that. 5, 6, and 7 have all been good. Um, so, but, uh, you know, it just, I don't know. The gameplay, I felt, got a little bit slower with 4. And so, Tag was so fast. It just played so fast. It's so fun. So, good stuff, guys. Um, before we move on, Tim, we have a couple of little comments here in the live chat. Delusional says, alone, uh, Pulp Fiction is fine, but when compared to other pins on the market, I'd move on to another pin like Venom. So mm-hmm. there you go. Nate says, it's hard purchasing a new pinball as an operator. They cost so much and need to be played thousands of times just to break even. All these pinballs coming out, I'd love to buy, but just can't justify. Uh, let's see. <laughs> Angelina says, Tim sounds tired and wants to go to sleep. That's actually both of us. I am exhausted, but uh, we have I'm had sorry. A, we've had a rough, no, we've had a rough couple of, uh, I was about to say, you realize that we were staying up all night watching games, right? right. <laughs> like, literally, and after the World Series happened, I couldn't go to sleep that night, Tim. I stayed up till like 2 a.m. replying to people. So, I mean, I had text from all over. Tim, it was amazing. But literally, I got no sleep because I was staying up for all the games, and they all happened at 7 o'clock, got over at like 10 or 11, right? And mm-hmm. so, oh. It's been rough. Need coffee. You need yeah, some coffee? I do need some. I have some uh, iced coffee. I can get you in the break. You <laughs> like the vanilla iced coffee? I do like okay, it. Okay, we can do that. <laughs> so, um, hey, give us a break here. We're tired. So, yeah. Hey, and mean, holidays are coming up. We're tired and it isn't even the holidays haven't even yet. got there. <laughs> Halloween was rough, too. Halloween, golly, Tim, we had more trick-or-treaters than ever. I bought the same amount of candy. I ran out at 8.15 instead of 9 o'clock. Wow. I mean, we got hit hard. We had a coffee truck. Okay, I'm not going to get into any of that. We had a coffee truck, like right across mm-hmm. the street. Mm-hmm. Our neighbor uh, had it come. Wow. And so, um, and so. Y'all were busy. Oh, we were busy. And we had a taco truck over here. Oh, wow. So, yeah. um, but we'll talk about that more in the after show. Okay. So, um, stay tuned for the after show. So, Adam's Family. Yes, love to have an Adam's Family. If we're just talking about um, pins in general, uh, me and Tim have talked about whodunit a lot. I still would love a whodunit. Whodunit's one of my favorites. Um, and, you know, Ghostbusters is really good, too. Right, Tim? Mm-hmm. So, um, 
you know, I, it's like uh, Ghostbusters is good. Uh, there's been, I love so many pinball machines. Nate says, is anyone getting YouTube ads during the stream? I got three of them so far. I never had an issue watching you guys. So that's a new YouTube thing. Um, they're starting to put ads in stream. Wow. And I don't know how I feel about that. I'm sorry. Um, we may just end up taking them off, but by default, it turned that on. Like I got a message saying, hey, we're going to start putting ads in your stream. And I was like, okay. And so I can turn it off. And so if it becomes a big hindrance, we may, we may just have to do away with it. Right, Tim? Yeah. Because I mean, I look, I just, they defaulted it on. I was like, whatever. And so I'm, I'll turn it off. If it becomes too much of an issue. Sorry guys. I um, have to wait five seconds to skip an ad to get back to watching you guys. Yeah, that's kind of annoying. So uh, we may turn off for the next live stream. Sorry about that. Like I said, it was something they turned on for us. So, um, okay. Anything else, Tim? No. Let's okay, go. let us continue on. We got uh, two more stories to cover here. Uh, Tim, this made big news. You know, every month I feel like we have a story about Atari. Atari, now. yeah. And um, they're really doing their best, I think, to, to position themselves as a classic slash retro gaming brand. Which I think is a smart move because I think, you know, with with the continued growth of retro gaming, Tim, it only makes sense for them to lean into that. They are a classic video game brand. They should lean into what their strength is. And they mm -hmm. definitely seem to be doing that. And so Atari is acquiring, um, has acquired Preservation and Restoration Studio Digital Eclipse for up to $20 million, Tim. Wow. So Atari continues its retro renaissance by acquiring Digital Eclipse, the studio behind their Atari 50, the anniversary celebration game, along with several other retro remakes. Um, Atari said the deal will serve to expand its internal development capabilities and enable it to utilize digital, uh, digital Eclipse's industry-leading experience and proprietary technology. Tim, Digital Eclipse has done a lot of retro remakes. They did the Cowabunga collection of the Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles games. They obviously did Atari 50, the anniversary uh, celebration game. And so um, they've done some really cool stuff. And I think it is really smart for Atari to snap them up while they have the opportunity because they are a studio that literally... Is, is very focused on retro remakes like this. And so, again, just seems like the right move. Of course, Tim, we already know that they scooped up Atari Age. We know that they've been leaning in heavy to, like, mm -hmm. um, reprinting arcade PCBs. Atari, to me, is doing all the things that they're doing. So, and they're doing the right stuff. They're leaning into that retro brand, and that's what they need to continue to do. So, uh, Tim, any thoughts about this before we move on? No, I was just surprised that they spent $20 million. That says they got something coming up. They're, they're thinking they're going to get that back. Absolutely. So, uh, good stuff there. I think they will. I mean, if you think of, but here's the thing, Tim, now that they have the developer, think about all of the licenses they have and think about all the games that now Digital Eclipse can remake because atari already has licenses for it exactly. See, it just makes sense it just makes sense for them to do that so um yeah so there you go let's um let us see here so i, I think i'm just gonna leave that there um real quick i'm gonna address this delusional says he had to turn off all midstream ads on his vi videos um if i'm working hard to make a video as you guys do youtube is not going to interrupt it says yeah and i think that's what we're probably gonna have to do we're probably just gonna turn it off again youtube turned it on for us so i was just like okay i guess you guys i mean they here's the thing they want to monetize everything tim that's sure. how they make money okay they want to put ads there i understand but it's like if it's gonna do that it's not worth it so right. i'll turn them off for the next stream sorry about that guys like i said turned it on it just kind of it just kind of turned it on for me i didn't even really have a choice I could have turned it off, but I was like, well, I'm just going to do it and we'll see what happens. So for the next stream, though, we'll make sure those are off. Uh, we don't want to, like I said, we don't want to, we don't want you guys to get interrupted like that. So um, we are, are we getting paid from YouTube? Nothing. <laughs> I mean, little of nothing. A delusional probably, probably makes more than we do. I think he has more subscribers and more views. We get nothing from them, Tim. Mm. I mean, like nothing. 
Mm. <laughs> uh, let me let me put it like this: barely enough to cover the food that we buy every month. Barely, if and mm. maybe not enough to cover the food mm. we buy every month. It's it's for just not one a day lot. a month. Exactly for not, one day a month. Not exactly. a month for the, exactly. I mean, I buy food just for the live show, and I buy it out of that account, and we barely make enough to cover our food out, out of that. And so every month for one live show. So obviously, mm. obviously we're not making a lot of. I mean, we go out to eat once, Tim, a month, right. and, and, and we and and that's what we're making is barely enough to cover that. So we're yeah. obviously not getting rich. We're barely breaking even, I would say. So it is what it is, though. You know, we enjoy it. That's why we do it. Now, Tim, this next thing here, um, I actually got to watch last night. Nice. And so we posted this, and I hope you guys have had a chance to watch it. If you haven't watched it, uh, then we hope that you will. And that is Arcade Gamer, the true story documentary, now available on Amazon Video and other on-demand streaming retailers. So Jordan Dorrington is one of the best arcade video game players in the world. He holds multiple world records in the cl in classic arcade game Galaga and is now eager to conquer Donkey Kong. The film follows and pursues his obscure obsession. So Tim, I actually watched this. Nice. Um, it's only five bucks, so it's not going to cost you a lot, but it's all, also only 45 minutes. And I wouldn't say that it's a documentary as much as it's just like 45 minutes of following Jordan for a little bit. Okay. Okay. So if you guys remember, if you listen to the interviews podcast that I did a couple of times, I interviewed Jordan. I'm friends with Jordan on Facebook. Uh, and I've talked to him several times. Mm. Super nice guy. Super nice. Couldn't say enough good things about him. Okay. And if you ever have a chance to talk to him, you should. It's just really nice guy. And that comes through in this 45 minute little documentary. Um, for five bucks, it's worth the 45 minutes, I think, if you just want to watch. But basically it follows him. It talks about how how good he is at Galaga, but also how he wants to pursue a high-scoring Donkey Kong. So um, it talks about kind of his attempts to do that. So um, definitely worth your five bucks. Again, it's 45 minutes. You're not losing a whole lot. So um, yeah, and Retro Show says, it's about J.D. Galaga. He's awesome. Yes, it is. J.D. Galaga. That's his, that's his name there. So um, yeah. Uh, real quick, Delusional says he also breaks even. He does it for the love of the hobby. That's why we all do mm -hmm. it. Okay? YouTube doesn't pay enough. Okay, they don't. Now, during the pandemic, we were making some dough, okay, because mm -hmm. everybody was shuttered in and had to watch stuff on YouTube for a while. Mm -hmm. But ever since ever since everybody's been back out, we're back to being poor again. So, <laughs> and, and you know what we did with most of that dough? You guys know what we did. We right. shipped it off to arcades and we bought t-shirts. <laughs> so that's what we did during that time. So, uh, you know, so all that money is long gone now. But, uh, and actually I had to spend a little bit of money, Tim, because the laptop that we used to live broadcast, the battery swelled up. I don't know if you noticed last I time. I did it remember that. Kind yeah. of pop up. I did replace the battery in it, but that was 60 bucks. Yeah. So Might now, well now we're one. broke again. Sorry. So it is what it is. But we don't, yeah, we don't do it because, because we get money for it. We do it because we like you guys. So that's why all donations are always accepted, Tim, right. <laughs> because we don't make anything. Yeah. So it's just, a, it's just really about having fun and helping people out. So, um, but yeah, if you haven't seen it though, Arcade Game of True Story, um, the link is down below. You can buy it there. That the link does support us. I don't think we get much from it, but it does give us it it is a paid link, so we get a little bit of residual from that. But for five bucks, it's definitely worth your five bucks. And Jordan Dorrington is awesome. Uh, he's a really nice guy, just seems very genuine. Uh, Tim, when I talked to him in that interview, which you can go back and listen to on our um uh, on the question and answer podcast feed, mm -hmm. super nice. Yeah. Even before, like all the there's stuff that we didn't record and just him and me talking back and forth. Super enjoyed talking with him. And uh, Tim, I think he liked talking with me because I we were talking about all the technical things. And like right. um, at that point, we talked about how voltage, low voltage may may um, may change how Donkey Kong works. Right. May give you less barrels. May do some other things. So I talked I talked with him about that for a long time. We talked about how um, other board modifications may do things. It was really fun. I, I in fact I want to do it again. I told him we would, but I stopped doing the interviews podcast. I love doing that. 
but the amount of time I have is like nothing, right? It's mm-hmm. like this much. So I mean, cramming it all in between kids soccer games and and um, and uh, clubs and everything else that we're mm-hmm. doing, it's super hard, right? Very hard. But if I ever get time, I'll go back to interviewing people because mm-hmm. I love interviewing people, Tim. It's fun. So, uh, but you can go back and listen to that on the podcast feed. I would highly encourage you to do it, and also check out his documentary, Arcade Gamer: The True Story. Uh, five bucks, well worth your time for sure. Well, Tim, I think we're going to wrap up the live show right here. Okay. How's that sound? Let's go. Okay, and we're going to go through all the stuff we normally go through real quick. We do want to remind you that we want your arcade-related videos. If you want some free advertising for your YouTube channel, we're always looking for people to submit short videos, 10 minutes or less, about arcade-related topics. Send a link of your video to questions at arcaderepairtips.com or our staff will review it. If we like it, we'll use it during one of our live show episodes. Make sure you put a plug-in for your channel so people will know where to find you. We look forward to seeing your submissions. And so, uh, Tim, again, we, we mainly do this for channels who may be on the verge of monetization. We want you guys to get over that hump if you need more subscribers more views to get there that's what we're here to do push some some of our audience your way and so if you have an arcade related video you'd like to share with us uh let us know and we'll feature it probably here on the live show tim we did one a while back uh for regzer of course we've done some for uh, delusional things and so Mm -hmm. we're always looking for those videos to help you guys out we want to try to get you guys monetized if we can help you in that we want to help you so uh again feel free to send those to us and if we like it we'll feature it and then, guys, we have our contact information. We have our general email at questions at arcaderepairtips.com, questions at arcaderepairtips.com. If you put live show on the subject, you will get it mentioned on the show, or otherwise we'll try to answer it when we get around to it, or we may still put it on the on the live show depending. So, But again, easiest and best way to get a, get a hold of us is to send an email to questions at arcaderepairtips.com. We also have our YouTube page at youtube.arcaderepairtips.com. Of course, those of you guys who are watching live or who are watching this on YouTube know where that is. But if you're listening to this on the Question and Answer podcast feed, you may not. If you want to look up the YouTube video for this episode, you will want to go to youtube.arcaderepairtips.com and search for the episode number, in this case 81, so that way you can check out the video of it and also the after show because we don't put the after show on the audio feed. And then, Tim, we have our podcast feed where we have our live show um, audio. We have the interviews, like I mentioned, Jordan Dorrington's interviews up there. We have the question and answer podcast, etc. And you can find that pretty much on any podcast platform, but specifically on iTunes at itunes.arcaderepairtips.com, Spotify at spotify.arcaderepairtips.com, and Audible at audible.arcaderepairtips.com. And... Feel free to leave us any reviews on any of those platforms. We'd really appreciate it, especially if they're five-star reviews. That helps that helps us get out to more people. The more people who leave us good reviews, the more exposure we're going to get on those platforms. So, again, guys, iTunes.ArcadeRepairTips.com for iTunes. Spotify.ArcadeRepairTips.com for Spotify. Audible.ArcadeRepairTips.com for Audible. Or just search for Arcade Repair wherever fine podcasts are aggregated. Mm-hmm. Does that make sense? Okay, right. there we go. Uh, then we have our social media pages. We have our Facebook page at facebook.arcaderepairtips.com. We want to thank Mark for posting some really cool pictures, Tim. He posted pictures of his new Pac-Man Crocs. Did you check yes, those out? Yes, I saw those. Very cool. Hopefully you guys will get you a pair of those. They look really awesome. Uh, so we want to thank Mark for all of his continued support in that. And we also have our Twitter feed at twitter.arcaderepairtips.com. Still can't bring myself to call it X, Tim. Oh, yeah. Uh, it's still Twitter to me. It's going to be Twitter probably until the day I die. They could call it, uh, you know, whatchamathingy, and I'd still call it Twitter. So um, Twitter slash X, twitter.arcaderepairtips.com will get you there. Pretty much same content in both places. I have noticed that sometimes the Facebook stories aren't getting posted over to the Twitter feed, so I'm still kind of working on that. Um, of course, when uh, when Elon broke the integration P- 
piece between Facebook and Twitter. It broke ours too, so we're kind of having to make it up on the fly. And we're using um, if if you know if this then that, but that doesn't always work real great. So um, hopefully I can work out the kinks though, and we can get that back to being in sync very soon. But again, Facebook.arcaderepairtips.com or Twitter.arcaderepairtips.com to follow us on social media. So, Tim, we've got uh, Big D Retro says thanks again for the live show and all of your ticket advice. Till next time. Absolutely. Now, we should say that we do have an after show that takes place about five to ten minutes after this show. So, if you're watching this on YouTube um, and you're live, then you just want to wait the five or ten minutes. If you're watching it recorded, then there may be a chapter where you can just skip to it to where you don't have to wait the five or ten minutes. Okay. Because right. I've been putting chapters into YouTube videos to let you guys get to your part of the video faster. And so you may, if you're watching this on record, then you may, that's uh, kind of after it's already been broadcast, then you may be able to just jump to the chapter you want. But Tim, in the after show, no doubt we'll be talking about the world champion Texas Rangers in that. We'll also be talking mm -hmm. about Halloween. I mentioned that we had a taco truck and a coffee truck here. I'll tell you more about that. Um, we will also talk about uh, Thanksgiving plans, what we got going on. Mm -hmm. uh, Tim, anything else that you want to mention? Dallas Cowboys, we can talk uh, We can talk about sports. Anything other sports that you guys want to talk about? I got a big upcoming trip. Yep, big upcoming trip for Tim. So if you stay tuned, you can hear about that. Um, I've watched some movies and some, some TV shows as always, so I can tell you about those. Um, specifically, Gen V, Doom Patrol, Lessons in Chemistry, Loki, and Frasier, Tim. Anything that you want to mention that you've been watching? No, I really have not been watching much other than um, I'll, I'll, I'll talk a little bit in the live show about one show that we've kind of watched with my wife. Other than that, um, I'll have to think. I know I saw a couple movies, but uh, nothing major. Okay, well, you can hear about that in the after show, too. But I think it's time to wrap up our regular live show. So if this is your off-ramp, we want to thank you for joining us tonight. Big round of applause for the live chat. Yeah, especially for putting up for uh, with the Rangers jerseys and everything. Mm -hmm. We appreciate you guys for being here, regardless of our allegiance to our baseball team. Uh, but we also want to thank you guys just for being here. It's always a good show when we have a good live chat here. And if you're watching this after the fact, we would encourage you to hopefully join us for the next one. Now, Tim, the last two months we have not been very consistent with our time, no. unfortunately. It's supposed to be the first Thursday night of every month at 5.30 p.m. Central it Time. It will not be that. On December, that will be in... You'll be gone? I'll be on my trip. Okay, when do you come back? I will be coming back on the 10th. Okay. Well, we may have we'll to have to we'll have to schedule with you guys and okay, work on it. Okay, I was about it. to say on the tenth, the tenth. I'm going the leaving the first. Okay, so it looks like the first Thursday of December the is 7th. on seventh. So we could do it the fourteenth. It's where if we're gonna get to do it, yeah. Or okay, okay. Or you're coming back the tenth. I'm coming back sometime there. that week. Okay, mm -hmm. so not the first Thursday. Uh, <laughs> uh, we have, man, these last three months have been killing us, guys. Sorry, sorry, sorry. We'll get back. Hopefully, the first of the year, we'll get back to the first Thursday night of every month. Next month will not be the first Thursday night of every month. We will um, stay tuned to our social media pages, and we will be posting the ad information once we have decided what date it'll be on. Maybe the fourteenth. Fourteenth yeah. may be a good day. We'll see. So we'll let you know though there. So anyway, thank you guys again for watching tonight. We hope that you learned a little something maybe and that you had a good time in the process. And we want to encourage you guys to stay tuned for the after show if you're so inclined. But if this is your off-ramp, like I mentioned before, thanks for joining us tonight. And remember here at Arcade Repair Tips, when we fix the game, you play the game. Take Have care, everybody. Night. We'll see you in December or we'll see you here in just a minute for the after show.
Thank you for watching this episode of the Arcade Repair Tips live show. All of our past episodes are available on our website at ArcadeRepairTips.com or on our YouTube page. This show is intended for entertainment and educational purposes only. Please consult a professional before attempting to repair any coin-operated machines yourself. The preceding program is a Varcade Entertainment production.